welcome to With Liz. We dredge the internet for posts you'd share with your friends. I'm your host, Katie Bauer. We're here this week with Liz. That's right. I'm the Liz you're all here with. My pronouns are she, they. I'm a former hairstylist, so you know I have opinions for days and a creative writing dropout making the most of life at home with a toddler. This week was a bit of a shit show, but tomorrow is looking up because I'm going to see Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel play a concert together with Lucy, and Katie is also going to be there for part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Not not the concert, but I will be in Columbus and be your crash pad. We're going to see each other tomorrow. That's right. After you see William Joel. William Joel. You'll see Katie Bauer (laughs) of equal importance in every single way, except for baldness. Yes. (laughs) And I'm going to give you your dope uh, lady mug that my friend Amanda makes. Excited! She's big, too. Like, you'll be able to fit a lot of of beverage in that that lady. I fully intend on doing our next promo with that in my hands, and then we will link her her instagram because they are so amazing yes i have one too i chose it because it reminds me of my own body with asymmetrical boobs and all but uh yeah so amanda's uh amanda's pottery page on instagram is at amanda joy pottery if you want to check that out and we will link it in our promo video when we do that with our mugs probably this week's yeah, right? I was gonna say we'll, we'll just sit in my kitchen. Yeah, and we'll I'll have a mug. You'll ha- you can borrow Perfect. one of my mini mugs. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> my second favorite part about these mugs is Tilly's commentary on all the things that she's noticed. My version has it's like okay, it's like a curvy woman's torso. Okay. And mine has a bush. Katie is, is bushless, but mine has a bush. Tilly was saying, Oh mama. That's a face. That face has mustache. <laughs> and <laughs> it would be like a like a Tom Selleck mustache, but then she goes <laughs> Then she goes, Oh no, the mug has a belly button. The mug has big nipples. <laughs> I wiped a silly mug. <laughs> so yeah. That's my girl. I did say actually that's pubic hair over a vulva. <laughs> and she's like, oh, vulva. One of her favorite words. As it should be. <laughs> but yeah, she's following in my footsteps. When I was like four, my mom took us to an art museum and I asked her loudly within earshot of the docents who were all elderly. Hmm. I wonder how they attach the pubic hair on a metal, <laughs> metal sculpture of a nude form. Is that crazy glue? Hmm. How do you harvest hmm. the pubic hair? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's probably soldered. Like now that I'm older, I know what soldering is. But now, um, now I understand perfectly. Now I understand. <laughs> hmm. I wonder how they attach that pubic hair. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not done hogging the intro. I have a little bit of housekeeping oh. as well. Oh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. I don't remember which episode it was, but I said Chris makes characters named Eleanor, but it's actually Evelyn. And I made a really sick meme <laughs> that you can check out on our Discord. Sorry, that laugh wasn't meant to be derisive. <laughs> Even if it was derisive. So what happened was... So Liz can't mean. (laughs) Okay, Liz tried to use the Barbie selfie generator with this particular drawing, and it wouldn't let me not put in this Barbie is an Evelyn. Because I wanted to say this Evelyn is an elf bard. And in my so head, it, in my head, it was gorgeous. <laughs> then I tried to like copy and paste. Like I, I suck at memeing. No, I'm good at forwarding good memes, but my creation. Chris nailed it with his roast of me with his meme. His roast meme was very excellent. Yeah, and yeah, you're a millennial. You just talk in memes. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can create them. You just <laughs> harvest them from the earth and hand them to your friends. I was. I was laughing so hard at my own terrible, terribly done meme. I was like, this shit is so funny. And Chris was like, you're really high, aren't you? Oh, like, yeah. Mebe. <laughs> <laughs> Mebe. <laughs> 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 
So if you want to join the fun, which has turned into a lot of fun of our Discord, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun time in there. I don't. Send us an email, shoot us a DM, text one of us, because you probably know one of us if you're listening to this, and we'll get you into that uh, Discord where we all just throw things around like terrible memes and <laughs> animal pictures. <laughs> debates about what percentage of a hot dog would make you a cannibal if it was human DNA on this I cannot (laughs) in this discord that we have opened up people have submitted a couple of things from the internet they want us to talk about so we're gonna start with a little bit of a longer one but I kept reading it and getting more angry so this one is from Ben hi Ben hi Ben It is from Am I the Asshole? Am I the Asshole for not wanting my wife to go on vacation? An opportunity has arisen where my wife can go to the beach for a week in October with her friend. She asked if I was okay with her going, to which I originally responded, honestly, that I was not okay with it. We have a three-year-old and a four-month-old. Their care opens at 6.30 a.m., which is also when I need to be at work. So my wife usually drops them off. I'll pick them up after work because I get off earlier. She works full-time job and is allowed to work two days from home each week because of our infant and then has weekends off. I work a full-time job during the week and a part-time job on weekends, so effectively, no days off. I could probably manage to be late to work all week without an issue as long as I stayed later to make up for it. I told her I was uncomfortable with her leaving for so long. I understand needing a break from the kids, But there's a difference between me watching them for a day so she can relax and straight up taking a whole spring break. Not to mention, she also has a three-day work trip at the end of this month that will put us in the same scenario. It's a lot for one person. Originally, I did not want children. Granted, I love them very much anyways, but ultimately, I feel like this is the life she chose for herself and she knew what she was getting herself into. I don't want to deny her an opportunity per se, But I don't know many mothers who would leave that long by themselves with such young ones at home. I feel like she's a little entitled. Agreed, Chris. She responded (laughs) that she's not being entitled because she's asking me to do what she does every day. She feels like I'm telling her that she can be a mother and nothing else. I don't think this is true. I think I'm just asking her to be a mother first. I know she does a lot as a mother, and I appreciate it greatly, but admittedly, I do not feel that I'm capable of doing what she does every day, and I do not get days off slash at home like she does, and I honestly don't have the patience I should with the infant. After much back and forth, I begrudgingly told her she could go, and I would figure it out, and if I absolutely had to, I would take PTO from work to make sure the kids were taken care of. She said not to worry about it. She won't go. I don't want her to be bitter about it. I completely understand needing a vacation, especially with kids slash family, and have offered alternatives, like watching them on the weekend so she can do as she pleases, to which she is not very receptive. Am I the asshole? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you are the asshole. I came looking for an asshole and I spread the cheeks and I found you. You're it. You're the asshole. Oh my god. Oh, how long is the vacation that she wanted to go on? A week. In October, by the way. I also hated him calling it spring break. It's a fucking October at a beach. You know what she's going to do? To go someplace for a week and not have anyone say, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. A, you're not watching the kids. Mm-hmm. You're being their dad. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, dude? But he didn't originally want kids. Okay, then he shouldn't have had them. (laughs) Then he should have been like, hey, I actually don't want kids. Um, Seems like you do. Um, Maybe we shouldn't get married if that's like if getting married and having kids is what you want. I'm not the right partner for you. Or the comeback of she said it sounds like I want her to only be a mother. And he said, yeah. no, 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 no. I want you to be a mother first, which is in all caps. First is in all caps. Are you kidding me? You are literally sitting there saying, I cannot do what you do mm-hmm. because it takes up so much of your mental time, space, energy, everything. Oh, really? 
But that's your first. Yeah, and that she gets a break during the week working from home and watching a kid? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. What? If anything, that's like a bajillion times more difficult? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really get breaks from your kids with if you're home with your kids because they're your kids that you are raising. That's why it's nice to have a job that you can leave the house to go spend time with adults and pee unaccompanied. You know, not have to worry that Katie in mortgage lending is going to chop her hand off with the paper shredder if you turn your back for a minute. Two things. One, I totally have coworkers that continue to talk to me while I'm peeing. My mm-hmm. least favorite thing in this entire world. That is unacceptable. <laughs> and two, <laughs> you have no idea how irresponsible I am with our paper shredder. Thank you very much. <laughs> dangle my shirt tails into it just to see what happens just to feel something get like get fucked honest get (laughs) fucked no no no. i'm i'm gonna play devil's advocate for one minute only one because fuck this guy i understand the daunting idea of taking care of the kids alone but i also think that there is a conversation to be had with your partner Uh of hey this is going to be really stressful i think i'm going to use some pto time Maybe you take half days every day. Do it, man. It's your PTO. And then can we also talk about maybe me taking a week in November, even if it's just keeping it chill. Yeah. When I get home from work. Yeah. And not doing anything on the weekends. Exactly. Like to have that conversation (sighs) with your partner to be like, that is a lot to ask. But I also want you to be able to be a full person that has a full life outside of being a mother. But he doesn't want her to be a full person. No. He wants her to be mom on the clock all the fucking time. time. I just, I, um, mm, hi, ladies, real quick. If one, you meet a man who is like, I don't know if I want to have kids. Cool. Assume they never want to have kids. Mm -hmm. If you do, walk on by. Yeah. And also, if you have an asshole like this who can't even give you a week, walk on by. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. And I understand, like, there is a generational divide that I think is, with boomers, a lot more ingrained in of, like, no, I'm not a parent. I am a father. Mm -hmm. I provide financially. We're done here. Now, my parents are boomers, and I think as... Boomers became our age and started becoming parents, you know, coming off the heels of like the 1970s and the 1960s with, you know, first wave, second wave feminism. That was all well and good for some people, but a lot of, a lot of, you know, Reagan fans didn't really (laughs) buy into that. What are you saying, Jehovah? (laughs) How dare you know him so well? You know, with women entering the workforce, they're still, and it's still true today, you're still expected to be 100% at your job and 100% at your momming. And it's just not feasible. I will say that I sat firmly in the, if I never have kids, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If I am with somebody that it's important to them, it's a conversation to have. When I met Cameron, he was very upfront that it was he wanted to be a dad. He wanted to have kids. That was important to him. And I was like, okay. And that also means that what he's interested in is the actual nitty gritty day to day. We're in this together. Not like I spread my seed. Now you go make sure they become full adults. Then I'll talk to him. Yeah. Chris grew up with very traditional gendered roles in his family and extended family. It's a wonder every day to me how he isn't at all like that without having gone to extensive therapy. (laughs) Girl, what'd you drink? What what kind of secret do you have? Was there a spring that you went to that gave you the spawn of knowledge? Because that could save me a lot. I paid $35 every other week. I know we do, strictly speaking, looking at it, have very gendered roles currently, just in the black and white of like, I am the stay at home parent, and he makes 
the money that we survive on basically but there are so many workarounds in our relationship that we've developed together so that the mental load is more shared and so that those sorts of things are more automated so that I don't start to feel because I will start to feel like I should step into, you know, the more gendered female role and everything, which is to be like the taskmaster and like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I have ADD. As the taskmaster of someone (laughs) with ADD, like, I get it. We do not want this this monkey running this circus. It's not pretty. Fair amount of this week was spent with Cameron going, where's this thing? And I'm like, it's in the basement. We packed it away. I can't give you any more information than that. And him being like, I looked, it's not there. And me going down and finding it within two minutes. A fun thing I do, if Chris does that to me, the last one, he was like, where's the chutney? Like in the fridge. I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to like, I realize I have a really good memory. I realize it's sometimes photographic, kind of a mind palace situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I a genius? I wouldn't go that far, but. <laughs> but here's my Mensa application, yeah. Christopher. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know. Look around. That's what I do. And he was like, I don't see it anywhere. And I was like, okay, well, if I find it, in less than 20 seconds what are you gonna buy me (laughs) guess who got a present (gasps) i've noticed a sharp downtick in uh i wouldn't go so far as to say that's weaponized incompetence so much as (laughs) passing the buck on to (laughs) i feel like there is some sort of phrase needed that is not quite weaponized incompetence but is mental load reallocation yeah uh um divorce the motherfucker already yeah divorce that motherfucker Take he can a permanent have vacation of from the time. him fuck him yeah he's a yeah. weekend and wednesday's dad <laughs> fuck <laughs> that guy actually don't don't ever fuck him again because you don't want to scramble any more dna with that bastard <laughs> <laughs> I have one quick new segment, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming there will be more additions to this segment in the future, but I have a new segment called Maggie Wants to Know. Maggie! Yes, this is Maggie, our super fangirl. (laughs) Maggie wants to know, what Harry Potter house are you? I think we should answer for each other what we think the other one is. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just make a caveat of I've only read the first Harry Potter book. And I've seen all the movies, though. Okay. But you know what you know what the attributes are for the houses? and I have a general sensation as to what they are. Okay. Should I maybe do a quick Google and read? Slytherin evil. Actually, no. Girl. They're not all evil. Cool. Slytherin evil. Uh, <laughs> Gryffindor, best of the best. Hufflepuffs are kind of goofballs. Ravenclaw are super serious studiers. Uh, yeah. No, Google it. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> No, well, I don't. I don't need to Google it. Based off of what you think, what am I? Oh, you'd be Ravenclaw. Good job. I am a Ravenclaw. You're welcome. And you are absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Thank you. Um, no, you are. So based on based on your description of what the houses are, you are a Hufflepuff. Well, be a Hufflepuff. But you would be Ravenclaw, I think. No, I in the background, they'd be like, oh, shit, were we supposed to go to some sort of tournament? <laughs> no, nah, I don't think we were. <laughs> Can you do that magic spell where you make butterfingers appear? The BBs, though, they don't make them anymore, but we can make them appear with magic. Let's work on that spell, eh? So I do have to ask, Liz, did you have any other answer from Hufflepuff before I gave my... Because maybe you have different attributes that you apply. So Slytherin traits are cunning, ambition, resourcefulness, and leadership. Evil. Got it. Not all of the Slytherins are evil. It's it's not a great track record that that house has, but... um... (laughs) 
partner. We have a lot of toe-headed assholes. <laughs> but like, we're not A evil. lot of baddies. <laughs> a couple goodies in there, just to keep things interesting. With the resourcefulness and the cunning, I was like, that's Katie. But mm-hmm. then there have been too many baddies. And I think you're chaotic neutral to... <laughs> Liz, that is the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. That leans toward chaotic good, is what she I would is say. She is pretty chaotic neutral. <laughs> she will let tragedy befall you, but only if it's super entertaining. Only if you're going to learn a lesson from it, too, is what I was going to say. If it'll make you a better person, she's going to let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> So I have some Slytherin traits, is yeah. what you're saying. But yes, you're, you're definitely a Ravenclaw because Ravenclaws possess cleverness, wisdom. Eh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're very smart and wise. <laughs> I would say you are wise. You're one of the people that I go to for advice. So quit. Got yeah. that in spades. <laughs> Intellectual ability. Absolutely. And creativity. Also, yes. See, in my heart of hearts, I knew all of this was about you. I just didn't know all those words. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why the intellectual ability is the question mark (laughs) on that. (laughs) I feel a lot of things, but I don't know the words for them. That's why I pay $35 every other week for therapy. Let's just get Hufflepuff traits out here. Hufflepuff characteristics include a strong sense of justice, which I would say you have. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Loyalty, again. Yes. Patience. When the situation calls for patience. I can be bored really well. Is that the same patience? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And a propensity for hard work. You are one of the hardest workers I know. Aww. That's so nice. So maybe maybe you are Hufflepuff. I don't know. You're a Huffleclaw. <laughs> I, I fuck with Hufflepuffs. <laughs> We're the fun house. Did I, have I reminded you about the Butterfinger BBs? <laughs> we are days away from perfecting the spell. To be clear, uh, we would not be in the same house, but we'd still jam. We would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that has been Maggie Wants to Know. All right, so I have a TikToking point. TikTok talking point, got it. Do you want to address the hot dog in the room now or? Never been so uncomfortable with a phrase that I completely understood before. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's address the hot dog in the room. All right. From at Farah Nasrici, or Rishi, I'm sorry, I probably butchered that. Are you a cannibal if you eat a minotaur? No, because a minotaur is its own species. Like, I'm pretty sure that if I mated with a minotaur, our children would be sterile. That's what Chris said, too, when I asked him. Here's my follow-up question. Where do we draw the line? How human do they have to be? Like, tumness. If you ate tumness, aka a fawn who speaks to you in a magical land called Narnia, if you ate Tumnus, would you be a cannibal? We're talking about two different things here. Mm. Would I be okay eating Tumnus, this <laughs> sentient creature no, no, who no. has talked to me? Uh, feelings, or... feelings are not involved in this. Would you be a Feelings cannibal? aren't involved. No, because we've already... No, Tumnus oh, died. Oh. Tumnus died and he said, <laughs> I want you to eat me. We are not a soccer team that has crashed into the Andes. <laughs> Tumnus okay. wants you to eat him. If you eat him, are you a cannibal? No. Okay. Would I feel awful? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just to circle back around. Hey, the Catholic Church might forgive you for cannibalism. I don't think I'd ever forgive myself for eating Tumnus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can forgive you either. <laughs> Mythical creatures that are, in fact, part human, okay. not human, not human, not They're their own thing. Yeah. If I ate a mermaid, I bet it would be fishy. And humans don't taste like that, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. 
you ate a mermaid, you wouldn't get like the the thigh meat that would be good from a human. I've never thought about whoa. eating a human. Whoa. What? Whoa. Okay. No, honestly, that just kind of came out of my mouth. And as mm-hmm. I was saying it, I was mm-hmm. like, this sounds like I've as been around. you were thinking about putting thigh meat in thigh your meat. mouth. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. thinking I like the dark meat. <laughs> Mermaids. <laughs> Mermaids really wouldn't have much dark meat on them because it's just no dark meat. What's the point of this animal? The human half wouldn't have the legs, which is what I like. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the all cannibal uh, episode. <laughs> this is our army hammer episode. <laughs> Fantasizing about it doesn't make you a cannibal. No. But Army Hammer has enough money that uh, I think he could get human flesh without any questions asked. I'm just saying. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. Are you pulling up the hot dog thread? I am pulling up the hot dog thread. That is accurate. So, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. (laughs) This podcast is now about Maggie. (laughs) Maggie brought up the point that pigs will eat a human body, bones and all. But you can test to see if the pig has eaten a human body. And that led to some horrifying statistics (laughs) that she threw out there. Uh, Human DNA was found in about 2% of hot dogs that were analyzed. Two-thirds of that human DNA that was found was in vegetarian hot dogs. Uh... So that points to it's not the pigs. It is contamination in the process. That's all fine. Uh, They can't prove that the DNA from humans in hot dogs is from processing. Okay, okay, that's fine. Everything's fine here. And then I asked the question of how much human DNA has to be in a hot dog to make you a cannibal. Listener, I'm going to wait a moment while you write down your answer on a sheet of paper, fold it up, and then eat that sheet of paper because any answer is just devastating. (laughs) What's the real answer, Katie? Maggie was kind enough to come back from an answer from Cornell Law. Thanks, Cornell. (laughs) I'm so happy. I'm sorry Cornell had to, like, legally define the... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Like, that is a dark day. Listen, you know that some Cornell professor was sitting with his many stuffed ravens and was like, oh, I get to answer this? Perfect. (laughs) cannibalism is defined as the consumption of another human's body matter whether consensual or not i'm glad that consent comes into play here i just like that they stipulated whether or not it's consensual (laughs) elizabeth what is body matter what is body matter elizabeth yes what is body matter is it jizz Is it hair? Is it earwax? Is it cervical mucus? These are the important questions. Do we need to contact this one professor, Cornell Law, that has the stuffed ravens, as I imagine him, and ask him specifically what is body matter? Because to me, it's gotta be meat. It's gotta be skin, meat, that's it. Blood. Is is drinking blood cannibalism, though? Because, like, you don't look at a vampire and you're Uh, like, you're a dirty cannibal. Yeah. Technically, if you're going to be consuming meat, there is blood within the meat. Okay. But that isn't just consuming blood. Okay, you're just saying, like, chugging a pint of of human blood. If I chugged a pint of pig blood, would you be like, oh, she ate a pig? You'd be like, no, she drank some fucking blood. No, but if you drank a pint of human blood, I would have questions and I would not think of you favorably, probably. If you watched me drink a pint of pig blood, you would still feel the same about me? No, no, no. I would be... (laughs) I would be irrevocably shook, but I could probably work past the, the pig blood. I could might need to check you into the hospital for a little vacay. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> and also to have your stomach pumped. But if it was human blood, I don't know that we could be friends. And I, I might have to report you to the authorities. See what I'm saying? I think that's cannibalism. I don't know. What if it's my own blood? That I have harvested to drink. That's you consenting. That's auto-cannibalism. But wouldn't someone else consenting be the same? I, why am I on the side of cannibals? What's wrong with me? That's what they're saying. Consent, regardless of consent or no consent. I'm very disturbed by 
The fact that I'm a cannibal now. Yeah, we all are. Apparently even the vegetarians are. <laughs> Especially the vegetarians. <laughs> and this yeah. is why we should all eat 100% beef hot dogs. Sorry, I bumped my mic. <laughs> I'm a shill for Hebrew National. I always have been. I always will be. <laughs> hey, let's keep this Maggie train going. Okay. Because Maggie sent me something from the internet, and I will full disclose and say, I went to go see the Barbie movie with my six-year-old. My favorite part was when she turned to me and went, I haven't laughed at many of these jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I just patted her head, and I said, I know, honey. I know. (laughs) It's not really for you. That's my disclosure. (laughs) I have, in fact, seen the Barbie movie. And this post comes from Maggie. Alpha males, don't watch the Barbie movie. That's in quotes. If you see the Barbie movie, even as a dad, you are a beta male. Okay, listen up, chuckle nuts, which should be chuckle fucks, but I don't control what people on the internet say. (laughs) A, if you gatekeep me seeing a movie that is essentially a two-hour commercial for Mattel, you care about Barbies more than my daughter does. Kind of weird. B, if you look at his claim from a developmental point of view, when the program's alpha version is released, it's the most buggy and unrefined condition and the most unsuitable for public consumption. C, the whole (laughs) idea of alpha male has been 100% refuted by the scientist that originally coined the term evidenced by the fact that he spent the rest of his academic life trying to undo the damage of the alpha male. D, if... After all that, you buy into the idea of an alpha male that means that you have a pack that you take care of and look after and protect. And a true alpha male would 100% take his pack to see this movie if they wanted to (laughs) purely because they wanted to. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Amazing takedown. (laughs) (laughs) So... I am still amazed that Mattel let the Barbie movie happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a favorable light on Mattel. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a new young CEO in charge that are like, let it burn. <laughs> and then they say, you know who we should cast as the CEO? Will Ferrell. It's going to be great. <laughs> also, that whole alpha male bullshit around mm-hmm. wolves. I've never been more mad than when I found out that wasn't real. You were mad when you found out that wasn't real? You ever hear a concept and you go, that makes perfect sense. I am locking this in. I will know this forever. It's like Columbus discovering America. Okay. Plain. When you get older, you learn more. You learn that uh, alpha yeah, male yeah. is... A completely made up concept. You learn that Columbus discovering America is so European centric, it makes everybody's eyes bleed if they think about it for more than two seconds because I discover a place that already has people. Okay. Okay. Who? Cool. Yeah. It's like the same level of once you're an adult, that cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. of this is what I was told. It's very wrong. It is the same. Okay. Oh, here comes the rant. Oh, it is the same. As Rosa Parks was just an old woman who was tired and wanted to sit down. Not that Rosa Parks was one, young, and two, a civil rights activist who had been working for years for the cause. Part of a much larger cause. Yes. And was specifically chosen to do what she did that day because she was who she was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where it is like, makes me uh, Mm. i'm fine Mm -hmm. all of my education was great and i'm not angry and i'm just trying to figure out how to make butterfinger babies appear with my magic spells (laughs) i haven't seen the barbie movie yet but i really really want to my beta boy is very excited to see that movie as well (laughs) gender's a construct i'm a beta boy (laughs) in a beta world I had a really awesome time with Ray uh, last weekend at a Barbie dance themed night at a a gay bar in Cincinnati called Good Judy's. They had a Barbie Wears Black night there and Ray and I are both in our 30s and we danced for about an hour and I'm really proud of both of us because we were dancing real hard. 
And it was great because they were playing like Venga Boys. I should have requested Boom Boom Room because that is my favorite Venga, oh Venga my Boy God. song, but they did play We Like to Party. And I knew all the <laughs> words still. Of course. They played a lot of ABBA and of course Barbie Girl. It was just great. I dressed up as, I would say vacation Barbie. I had like a swimsuit top, black swimsuit top on and like a, a, a skirt you'd wear to the pool as a cover up or whatever. And Ray dressed as a cowgirl Barbie. Yeah, she had a cowboy ha- or a cowgirl hat on and a, a cow print mini skirt and boots and it was cool. It was really fun. I don't know, being in like an exclusively queer space and dancing to songs that I danced to at like proms and homecomings, be able to kiss a lady out in public. It was great. It was great. That's so wholesome. But I'm glad the Barbie movie like spurred that night into happening because everybody looked so great and really fun to be in a room with a bunch of queer people like... <laughs> experiencing so much joy together. I have another new game. It is called Food for Talk, and I'm calling it that because it is from the card game that my parents bought when they were desperate to get us to talk as teenagers around the dinner table. It's tagline is bringing families together one conversation at a time. Are you excited? No. <laughs> <laughs> transported to my own teenhood where we would listen to Jeopardy (laughs) and then my mother would try to get us to talk about our day. (sighs) So I went through and I pulled out the best of the best. Oh, I hate it already. Continue. Share one new thing you've learned. If you haven't learned anything new, get out a dictionary and pick a word and tell us what it means. I've learned that I'm a cannibal and it makes me wildly uncomfortable. (laughs) Cornell Law taught me the meaning of cannibal is that I've eaten some sort of human substance. So (laughs) thanks, Cornell. I recently learned that a toddler can take off their diaper without (laughs) removing any clothing and present it to you fully loaded with poo. Like I said, I think that she is just going to be really good at taking off her bra without taking off her shirt. For the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) This week, my daughter, Matilda, is wearing a romper. That's one article of clothing that has legs and a top that is attached to it. It's one piece. It had several buttons on the front. All of the buttons were buttoned. There was no snaps in the crotch, anything like that. I guess she must have wiggled it out of one of the legs of the thing but i'm in the kitchen getting her more snacks well she's watching her favorite canadian children's entertainer miss katie with a c katie's classroom so i'm chopping up cheese i don't know what i'm doing i'm i'm getting her more food and she toddles in holding her own diaper and says here you are and walks away, leaving me stunned and holding a diaper full of shit. That was my week. I am going to just devil's advocate. It was a very loose romper. I see how she got there. It was a wide leg, yeah. She is masterful. Don't get me wrong. The turds remained in the diaper for the most part. There are a couple stragglers that broke free, but, you know, I was I was spitballing magician names. Mm-hmm. It was David Shitterfield, Pooh Gillette. My mom came up with one right out the gate that I completely missed. Poudini. Oh, Poudini is pretty good. Poudini is really good. Share about your all-time favorite teacher. What made them so great? Tell a funny story if you want to. Oh, if I want to, I can tell a funny story. Thanks, cards. I'm going to go early education because I had several teachers that I really liked later in education. But my third grade teacher, Ms. Camp, had a moose that you could feed gummy bears to, but only if you got math questions right. She also had a tub, like an old claw tub, where you would read books together. And it was magical. Fucking magical. And Miss Camp was young and cool and like she got married later after I had her, but I refused to learn her new name. It's just Miss Camp. <laughs> we also had a tub reading corner teacher in my school. I did not have the good fortune of of getting Mr. Oberschlake, but shout out to Mr. O. I have a lot of favorite teachers and I'm having a hard time picking one. 
since you did young elementary school, I'm going to do sixth grade. Mr. Rolfus. Mr. Rolfus was amazing and he has passed away pretty unexpectedly a couple years ago. My mom was a teacher in the school district, so like I kept up to date with all the... (sighs) But now I'm leaving out Pam and I also love Pam Kabir. It's not like she's way too pure to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Pam would put it on the first episode and be like, they talked about Trick's green balls and I just couldn't. One quick side note to talk about Pam. Pam is my mom's friend. And she was also my first grade teacher. I used to bring her pussy willows because <laughs> they grew in my yard and I really liked pussy willows. And I just, Pam would always be like, and you'd always bring me pussy willows every year. I just loved it. <laughs> Pam was really there for me when I left Baltimore, when I had to move back in with my mom. Pam basically harassed her hair salon until they gave me, I mean, like they were going to give me a job anyway, because I'm awesome. But she was like, so Liz is back in town. What are you going to do about that? She needs a job. And she took me out to dinner at my favorite restaurant. And we got um, chocolate teenies and she was like look at us being bad having chocolate teenies together did you ever think that you'd be having a chocolate teenie with your first grade teacher Pam. Pam's the best adorable she got me so many cute little um, board books from Matilda when she was born and all the stuff from her girls when they had babies so yeah Pam rocks but Mr. Rolfus was amazing. He was a history teacher and he made history super interesting. He also ran the school newspaper, which I was a part of. He was the teacher that would like get you involved in class. I remember when we were learning about ancient Greece, we did the Olympics. Like there was a chariot race and a wagon down the hallway and then we did like the shot put. Noise. He also, before every test, would do Jeopardy review And he had this big picture that the sixth grade painted of him. Like they did that thing where you like break it down into squares and then everyone has a square. So it's like real photorealistic. And if you got a question right, you could shoot a koosh slingshot at his face like a dartboard. And if you got him on the nose, you got candy. He was just really great. I was his like classroom aide for Talawanda service learning when I was in high school. So I had a free period when I was a senior. I would go back and like greatest test for him. And like we talk about Indigo Girls and Van Morrison and just a real cool dude. I have to pause here to tell you the story about my first grade teacher, Mrs. Terry. (laughs) So my mom volunteered at the school as a good stay-at-home mom does apparently cool and after kindergarten i was assigned to mrs terry for first grade and my mom went up and was just like hey katie is wonderful but she also knows that if she bats her big brown eyes and just makes a certain face that you'll do whatever she wants And Mrs. Terry was a tiny woman. She was like maybe five feet. And she just like pulled herself up to her full five foot stature and was like, Mrs. Voss, I have been teaching for almost 20 years. I think I can handle your daughter. She couldn't, could you? No, (laughs) come the parent teacher conference. She apparently looked at my mom and was just like, oh my God, you're right. (laughs) She just knows how to like tap in and be like, I know how to get what I want. <laughs> you still do it to this day. Now it's your boobs. It's just a natural grift. You know what you have. You use what you got. And you go from there. <laughs> You're scrappy. Yep. Pure Hufflepuff. <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of tattling and getting called out on it for the first time from Pam when I was in first grade. And she she was so nice about it, but like she really put me in my place. Someone was running in the hallway. So I ran faster than them to go tell <laughs> to go tell Pam that someone was running. Uh-huh. And I was out of breath. And she was like, oh, that's it. That's very interesting, Lizzie. Thank you. And why are you out of breath? And I was like, because I ran here. She's like, uh-huh. Okay, why don't you go have a seat and mind your business? (laughs) Also, like to say, shout out to the THS English department. You got me through high school. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yikes. I'm talking specifically about Mr. Stefan, who would let me cry when I was having a hard time, and he would write me a hall pass for the next class. 
because <laughs> I just had to have a quick mental breakdown. Girl, I wish I had that as an adult, right? I really, it was a weird week over uh, here. And like, there's just one day where I just cried like half the morning at my desk. And I wish someone would have just written me a hall pass <laughs> so that no one could see me cry. <laughs> Uh, what nicknames did you have growing up? And do you have any current nicknames now that you're an adult? Uh, my nickname growing up was Katie Did. Oh. Yeah, it's very cute. My nickname now is, uh, BBB or Big Boobs Bower. (laughs) (laughs) So I got that going for me. Thank you. (laughs) My friend's dad called me Lizzie Bear from the Berenstein Bears series. Mm -hmm. My dad called me Ace. My mom called me Love Bug. My brother called me Yiz because he could not say L's for a long time. Chris calls me Bold Bitch because he's Silly Bitch. What's your favorite word and why? So I thought of this because recently Chris didn't know what this word was. And I think the only reason I knew what it was and like it so much is because I worked at Ikea for three years. The word is H-Y-G-G-E. It is pronounced HIG, and it is the Scandinavian feeling for coziness. I enjoy it. It's got a good mouthfeel. HIG. And I love being cozy. And like, but like HIG is a fucking lifestyle in Scandinavian, like, like, I'm talking cozy, <laughs> yeah. knits, yeah. candle, light, dark. Yeah. 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 Read a book. While you drink your hot tea, hot cocoa, feel the hug. I'm going to, uh, once again, very wildly, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude ah. is one of my favorite words because it is one of those things that you That's aren't supposed one. to acknowledge as a person that you take joy in <laughs> other people's displeasure. But the Germans are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Got you, fam. It's schadenfreude. We're going to have a word for that. Because we're German and everything is a word for that. So, yeah, schadenfreude, schadenfreude. is going to be my call and response to your hug. Hug. I have a brief return to TikToking point. Talking point. TikToking points me to ADD story time because in a previous episode, you asked me what my safe word was. And I didn't have an answer for you. I'm stealing a safe word from at Alice Lovegood. My safe word is meatloaf. But what if you're making love with meatloaf? Oh, he's dead. Never he's mind. He's dead. Aval. <laughs> Can you guess why it's the perfect safe word? Because he's dead. Stop <laughs> would do anything for love. But I won't, but I won't do, do that. that. No, no. I won't do that. <laughs> perfect meat okay love. that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah yeah i thought you'd enjoy that that's all i have do you have any more reddit for me i can do a fuck mary kill you know what do your fuck mary kill this is the return of tim curry so again this is a maggie heavy episode this man is a prolific actor i did not realize how much voice acting tim curry has done this will be children's media tim curry Nigel Thornberry uh-huh. from the Wild Thornberries, the cartoon on Nickelodeon, aka Schnoz Thornberry, because that man, whoa, that's a beak. he's ninety percent nose, yeah. Gomez Adams from the Adams Family Reunion, mm-hmm. and Hexus, aka Sexus, which is what Andy Marrier calls him, the quote smutty sludge, smutty smoke and sludge monster from Fern Gully. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, listener, I don't try to recap what Liza said because I don't remember. I recap it because I am confounded <laughs> and also don't remember. Uh, so we have Thornberry. Nigel Thornberry. Gomez Adams. Yes. Or the sludge from Fern Gully. Yes. Hexus, a.k.a. Sexist. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I do not remember the name of the sludge. I know that it's sludge and that it was sexy as hell. I just need to read a few lines from Hexus's song, Infern Gully. Yes, please. I feel good. A special kind of horny. Flowers and trees depress and frankly bore me. I think I'll spew them all with cyanide saliva. Pour me a puke cocktail and take me to the driver. Hit me one time. Hit me twice. 
Ah, ah, ah. That's rather nice. <laughs> Fucking sexist, okay? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. It's The song's called Toxic <laughs> Love. It's performed... <laughs> Love performed by Tim Curry, aka Sexist. I think we know who I'm fucking in this scenario. I also think you'd be crazy not to. My one, my one hold up here though is the schnoz on Mr. Thornberry could do wonders mm. to a clitoris. Just say I could ride that nose all damn day, but I'd be training it for sexist, so I have to choose sexist as my fuck. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. It's always gonna be sexy sludge is gonna be the fuck. <laughs> Let's all kibitz as we will, but it's always sexy sludge. I think I'm going to kill Thornberry. And it's only based on the concept that I don't want to leave my house. And I feel like Gomez will let me stay in my house with all of my roses. I'm also going to have to kill Nigel, unfortunately, yeah. because he's yeah. he's an amazing environmentalist. Um, but I want to live in a spooky mansion with uh, Gomez and also Gomez is Gomez fucks, so like we... I am sure Gomez's cunnilingus is far oh. superior to Thornberry. Yes. Let's go ahead and yes. just yes. watch Gomez that man kiss up an arm. His time. Gomez takes his time, does it right. Hi, listener. Uh, I don't know where you're coming in on the audio because heaven knows what was usable, but uh, we really god damn it. <laughs> Goodbye, Rainbow. And then again, I tried so hard. And got so far. Lose it all. But in the end. But in the end, it doesn't, doesn't really, really matter. matter. Have you found something on the internet that you want us to weigh in on? Do you have a Would You Rather or some other auditory game? Please send us an email at withlizpod at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at withlizpod. If you want to come join our Discord, which is about as unhinged as this entire episode has been, <laughs> send us an email withlizpod at gmail.com. Send us a DM at Instagram or text one of us because you most likely know us. Stop pretending like you don't, you stupid silly bitch. <laughs> silly bitch is my husband. <laughs> please wherever you're listening to us can you subscribe like give us a rating a like a review it does does many stars as you can as many as there are in the sky give it to us thank you for joining us it's wild out there but remember it's always better with liz we'll be back to chat next week with liz I like Christian Slater. He's sexy possum. He's a sexy possum. Sexy possum. He's a sexy possum. Norman Reedus is a sexy possum. Christian Slater is a sexy possum. We are just listing people that I don't want to have sex with. And I understand it now. You're into possums. (laughs) 